You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. With the offseason now upon us, right off the bat, I want to remind you that the $1,000 guest bounty, the contest that we started last year, we gave away 1000 bucks to a White Sox fan for a guest that he got on Sox in the Basement, and many more participated, and it brought in some, some really interesting people that we talked to, baseball folks, front office folks, players. You know, you can have somebody that's got nothing to do with Major League Baseball if they're an interesting guest. If it's a name, you know somebody famous, now is the time to cash that in, right? Use the person who you know who's famous to make $1,000 because the best guest of the offseason wins a grand. We don't pick it. The fans pick it. And all you have to do is just hook us up with them. Just give us the information. Reach out to us. Get in our DMs. You know, send us a message through SocksInTheBasement.com. Leave us a voicemail through SocksInTheBasement.com. Reach out to us. Get the ball rolling. You get credit for the guest if the guest comes on. You can win $1,000, and it's all brought to you by the law offices of Parente and Norum. They are bringing you the $1,000 guest bounty this year. 1000 bucks cash. When you've been injured, you need a team that knows what it takes to fight for your rights. Insurance companies only care about one thing, and that's their bottom line. Parente and Norum has the experience, dedication, proven results. Heck, they've gotten $400 million so far for their injured clients and loved ones. You get a free case evaluation, Socks in the Basement listeners, by calling or texting them today, 312-641-5926, or visiting pninjurylaw.com. There's links in the show notes. Get those guests in. Absolutely, and and you know, once they're on the show, you're entered into the contest. So once we talk to them, you're in the you're in the running. Do you have a wish list? Do you have somebody you really want to hear from? Like like that would be your number one vote if they could just get this person on the show, Jerry. <laughs> that would be that would be an automatic winner. I would say there are beat reporters who want to hear from him. Scott Greger on this show today. We're going to talk with a beat reporter that covers the White Sox and has been doing it for years for the Daily Herald and get his honest impressions of the Rick Hahn, Tony LaRussa press conference, the press conference that did not have Jerry Reinsdorf available to the press and how he feels about that and uh, what he thinks is going to happen with Abreu and some of the other players on this roster and what's going to happen in the offseason and, and, and maybe get some insight as to what's been going on in that clubhouse, especially over the last couple of weeks. And you and I, Ed, uh, we got to go to Jose Abreu's last game, in my opinion, because I I don't think he's coming. We back. did, yeah. We, we were there. Um, we were we were really more focused on wringing as much value out of the fridge full of beer and the free food. <laughs> well, free being yeah. a relative term, but uh, the food and the sweets. Uh, then we were really paying attention to a what was ultimately a meaningless game against the Twins at the end of the season. But we were there. We we were actually in the building. We went to a season ticket holder appreciation event. And from what I understand, this is a new thing that the White Sox are doing. And they had season ticket holders, depending on their plans, scattered about at different locations in the ballpark, either at the patio. Some if you of them on a, the patio, yeah. Right, if you're a 20-game plan, you're on the terrace if you're a 40-game plan, and if you're a full-season plan, you're inside the the skyboxes. Although we did meet people that were not full-season plan members that had found their way into the skyboxes as well. And they had everybody up there on the 400 level, and Ed and I went, and we, we basically yeah. just sat 
near the food and the beer and watched Aaron Judge hit his 62nd home run and talked with fans and 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 actually talked. I, we talked with a, a couple of the the ticket agents and people within the White Sox and gleaned some information that I'm I'm happy to pass along as this show goes on. But we got a real feeling for how fans think of this team. I mean, think about this group that we were with. These are people that pluck down their hard-earned money and buy tickets in advance as season ticket holders who the White Sox brought up to a suite to try to wine and dine and to get their opinions on the team even while this was happening. It was it was stark and it was right in line with a lot of stuff that we talk about. They didn't like Tony Larusa. You didn't find one person in the room that thinks that Rick Hahn should still be the general manager. You have an awful lot of comments about how Jerry Reinsdorf is cheap while they're sitting there drinking his beer and food that is being provided to season ticket holders. They, because it was it was just Miller Lights and Coronas. It was yeah, that's the cheapest true. beer he sells in the park. L- listen, it, it was <laughs> we didn't say it, but it was said to us by one of the one of the season ticket holders that was up there that the, it was it was so White Sox to try to wine and dine and schmooze the people that you depend upon the most in your full season ticket holders by bringing them to a suite and then only offering Miller like Corona's hot dogs and make your own tacos, hiding the dessert cart, the liquor and the good beer that anybody who's ever been up to a suite knows exist. And you know, it's like if you want to convince people to buy suite packages, maybe show them all the things you would normally get in a suite instead of going with the lowest package. It was interesting. I mean, people are getting free food and drink and bitching about it while they're eating the food and drinking the beer. That's the attitude of White Sox fans at this point. There's nothing you can do to make them feel better because this season, this 81 and 81 season just sticks in their craw and they're just angry. And no matter how much propaganda gets put out by the, the corporation, and, and, and I'm looking right at NBC Sports when I say this, okay, because let's be honest, they're never going to say anything cross about the owner because if the owner pulled his two teams off of that network, they would all be out of jobs, Right. They, they, they wouldn't be there anymore. I mean, they can get cute and yell about Tony La Russa when they know that he's leaving, but they're not going to say a cross word about those that are still in power over there because it would affect their livelihoods, whether they would admit that or not. But you can put all that propaganda out. Sox fans, they are angry. And that's what I learned when I was sitting there that night. I'm sitting there trying to drink as much beer as possible because I want every single cent I can get out of Jerry's pocket, even if I can. Only, and, and, and in reality, at the price he probably gets the beer, I probably took $10 out of that billionaire's pocket, but I was doing it that uh, night. Uh, yeah. That was also the prevailing feeling was you have season ticket holders who are sitting there and, and every single one of them also had some of the complaints that you and I have talked about, right? Where there were there's good things about their seats, there's good things about being a season ticket holder, but it's not what it used to be or, you know, they used to do this a lot better or, you know... the and it really wasn't, it wasn't even the ticket agents when they would come through, some of them were pretty stark about and, and frank about, you know, yeah, you know, we're, we're trying because we recognize that our fans are angry with us. Like, like, yeah, like some of them look shell shocked. I actually told this, this one poor girl that walked in there, like, I feel like you have the most thankless job 
that there is in the organization because everybody yells at and you. She, and she did proceed to tell us that somebody made her cry. Somebody which, made her know, cry on the phone this week. Right. Agents. I mean, yeah. people people are angry and all they could do is take it out on these these lower level employees because uh, Jerry insulates himself so much. Uh, real quick reminder, Socks in the Basement brought to you proudly by Family Waterproofing Solutions. You heard the ad at the beginning of the show. Remember, if you call them up, if you reach out, if you get that free estimate, if they do work at your place, you get a deep discount by mentioning Socks in the Basement, their family and veteran-owned and operated since they started in 2013. Keep water out of the basement. See all they can do at FamilyDry.com and give them a call at 708-330-4466 and see what a difference a family makes. You know, one of the great complaints, and I brought it up, I'm going to admit, this one, a lot of the things that we heard from the season ticket holders when we were up there during this game, uh, it came from the, the holders. Like, Ed and I basically just started asking questions and we wanted to see what people thought. And we we're just meeting these we people. We were there to eat, drink, and fact find. That's yeah, what we do. I, that's what we so. were doing. We were like behind enemy lines. But one of the things that I brought up was the banners, the the championship pennant banners for divisions and the, the, the AL championship and the World Series that used to be under light towers. And I was like, isn't it ridiculous that they took them down? And they all they did was paint their championships on those tiny little painted flags underneath the kid zone. And right away... Somebody immediately chimes in with something that you and I have laughed about several times that Jerry probably thought they were going to win a World Series. So why spend money on a banner if I got to replace it? Like he's trying to save 10 grand. So he like, I'm not buying a banner until this window's closed. So just paint them on the walls over there. Like that was the reaction. And the entire room is laughing. And these are all strangers who are what like the White Sox need to have focus groups. Forget these emails. Bring in your fans and just let them talk. Give them a couple of beers and let them talk because that's the truth about what your fan base thinks of the owner, thinks of the organization, thinks about how things are run. And and since that's what this ended up being, we get to be the ones to report to you what the focus group says. And yeah, they don't like a lot of things that are going on. They they just find it. They find even I think some of the some of the stuff that was going on where we're talking to the ticket agents about why why are you doing this for the season ticket holders. And, and trying to figure out if this really rings hollow. Like not getting down to the 100 level if you have a season ticket. Like that was like the number one complaint. We right. got that from a couple of ticket agents and that they're trying to set up something where if you have a season ticket, even if you're up in the 500 level, you can have access to anywhere in the ballpark. They're trying to figure out there's a push for it within the organization, but there's also a wall up with people that don't want it to happen and that this is an actual internal thing, an argument going on. And we got this from more than one person that we talked to with the, with the sacks the other night, that this is a real thing where they are getting that as like a main complaint. Like, why are we the only ballpark that segregates our fans where do you have to stay in this section or you have to stay in this section? And most of them don't even know why. Like some of the younger ones think it's because of COVID. And I'm like, no, it's because those two crazy guys from Elsip ran out and beat up the third base coach or first base coach from the Royals 20 years ago. And it was a knee jerk reaction yeah. that you could no longer go down to the 100 level unless you had a 100 level seat. And they never changed the thing again. Like some of these people that are working for the team were like babies when some of these policies went into effect and they don't understand why they're happening. And I thought it was interesting that there's even internal arguments over how they treat their fans amongst the folks that work for the team. And it does seem like, uh, you know, what we were hearing is, is that they're, you know, th this, this whole thing with the suites that the season ticket holders were getting is something that they want to do every year, good or bad. We're never getting and, invited and it again remains after we seen. talked about it. We're never going well, back. Well, you're, we're on a, you're, do not you're, enter list. Your season ticket holders have been, have been blacklisted. <laughs> we, we pointed out that, that your dad has a very positive history with the team and, um, 
somehow you have you have crapped on that uh, that legacy uh, with this podcast. I found this website recently. I wanted to kind of I wanted to clue you in on Morningwood Bats. Oh yes, you know, forget the name. I love the name Morningwood Bat Company. Uh, but if you go to if you go to morningwoodbats.com, they have well they got all kinds of apparel and and you know game used bats you can buy. But the coolest thing that they do, and I didn't know that that people did this. They have vintage bats where essentially they're recreating the bat of like a famous ball player. Like you can get what Lou Gehrig's bat looked like, right? Like you can you can go out and find you can get the Roger Maris bat and they'll recreate it. You can get a Mickey Mantle. You can you can get a a, a Jackie Robinson. You you can you can get shoeless Joe Jackson's, which just looks like like a big two by four. I mean, it's so thick, even at the bottom, it's like crazy. Oh my god, it, it is! It looks like he just ripped down a tree branch and stripped the bark off and went up to went up to bat with it. Right. I mean, there's some of them that have these weird knobs that are like above where the hands would place on the bat, and there's like a secondary knob above it. Like some of the things these guys were swinging back in the day look not at all like what they swing now. And it's just like a really cool site to check out. And I stumbled upon it. Um, but I mean, if you get a moment to, to take a look at it, it was I, I, I was taken aback just by looking at the different types of bats that they have and kind of learning. And, and you know what? Here's the thing. I mean, like a lot of these vintage ones, they're like under 100 bucks. You know, I mean, like I have so much stuff down here in the bar. I can never think of something unique I want to put down here. I'm just trying to figure out which one of these weird old time bats that I want to put up on the wall here. Uh, check out Morningwood Bat Company, MorningwoodBats.com, and uh, see what I'm talking about. On the line with me right now, we're always lucky when one of the White Sox beat reporters checks in. We're always lucky when Scott Greger of the Daily Herald jumps on Sox in the basement. How are you, Scott? I'm great, Chris. How you doing? And uh, I'm sure we're both like a little bit better today than yesterday. Yeah. Well, you know, the, I don't have to watch every day now, right? I can. I can sit back, I can kind of, I can dream of what they should do in the offseason and wait to see what they actually do in the offseason, and it ended, it ended perfectly, 81-81. and 81. That, I mean, you couldn't have scripted that any better. They deserve that record. They hang that record on a banner someplace so it's never forgotten, the, the 2022 Chicago White Sox. Yeah, I mean, it was one of the most painful seasons that I've ever had to, like, go through. Um, if you're a team like, say, Kansas City, Detroit, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, we'll just throw them out right now. But I mean, you finish 500, you're like, wow, you know, we got something to build off here. The, this this team, the way they were built to finish 500 was an absolute disaster. They have the uh, the end of the year press conference, I feel like that was. Even though it was Tony retiring, I don't think they're going to come back out and talk again for a while. That That's my impression. You think I'm right or wrong about that? No, you're you're completely right. Um, you know what? The general managers meetings I want to say are in November, and then the winter meetings are back. You know, post COVID now, those are early December. So I think there'll be some. You'll see like Rick Hahn like resurface, or, you know, in those two events. But um, they they are they're going to be unplugged the front office until either they hire a manager, uh, make a trade after the World Series. I'm guessing on both of those and. Uh, Yeah, they have a lot of work to do. Let's just put it that way. Is it frustrating for you as a beat reporter, as somebody who's covering this team, that at the end of a year like this, the only real press conference you get is 
Tony retiring, and I think he handled it well, saying, I think this team is talented. I can't do this anymore. I failed. He had some accountability. I think it was, I think he did an excellent job at the end there. And you, you, you tip your cap. You say, I hope that you you stay in good health. I hope everything works out for you. That was a failed experiment, but fine. And then you get Rick Hahn up there, and he is the only one answering the question of why is he still the general manager? And you don't get to talk with Jerry Reinsdorf. And I think I actually heard that comment from one of the members of the press corps when I was watching it. Like, I would ask Jerry this question, but he's not here. Is it frustrating to you, like, covering this team, knowing that when the Bears have a season like this, George McCaskey is going to be sitting out there, that you don't get to talk to Jerry Reinsdorf at the end of the year and ask about the front office and why he wouldn't make a change with the guys in charge? Yeah, you know, Chris, it's really frustrating. But I'll I'll tell you this, you know, and Jerry, like, Jerry's a great interview. He's, I mean, he's, he's funny. He's knowledgeable. He has really strong opinions, but he hasn't talked to us, I want to say in 20 years. So it's almost like, you know, if you're not going to, the problem with doing that is when the owner doesn't talk, people like me are going to just make, make our own insinuations. You know, we're going to, we're going to look at Rick Hahn and say, okay, you know, look how many general managers got whacked this year. Why is, you know, for failing, you know, for, and, and why, you know, why does Rick Hahn still have a job? Uh, why does Kenny Williams still have a job? Um, you know, when the owner's not there to address it, you're just going to get, you know, you're, you're going to get fired on like a lot harder than if you were just, just transparent and just, you know, answered questions, you know, as, as a reporter, and I, I speak for myself, but I think a lot of, a lot of people in, my, in this business with the White Sox feel the same way. It's like, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, it would be nice for me to hear from Jerry Reinsdorf, but it's more like the, the fans want to know, you know, and when the, the other's not talking and like, look how riled up this fan base is this year. I've never seen White Sox fans angrier and I don't blame them. And to have Jerry Reinsdorf just step up and, and, and just answer some pretty basic questions, I think would would like be doing a, like a good service for, for his fan base. Scott Gregor and every guest here on Sox in the Basement brought to you proudly by the Village of Lamont. Want to experience a downtown with real history, great eats and drinks, and green spaces filled with adventure. Visit the Village of Lamont. Shop, dine, drink, explore. This weekend, they got the Spirit of Limestone Historic Haunted Walking Tour. They have zombie laser tag. They have music and mimosas. There's something for everyone in Lamont. They even have a historic architecture walk with a behind-the-scenes thing in buildings that you normally don't get access to coming up on Sunday. See it all at LamontDowntown.com. You're covering this team. You're listening over the last week or so. Uh, from Jose Abreu, from Rick Hahn at his press conference. I have a theory based upon what Rick said and the way that Jose was acting here uh, in the last couple of days that Hahn believed when he built the team that he was going to have Jose Abreu's replacement ready to go. Andrew Vaughn was that replacement and Jose Abreu would regress enough that it wouldn't really be a question. And now he's sitting there with this payroll pretty maxed out, all kinds of problems, and he can't bring him back. I don't think Jose is coming back. That's that's what I believe listening to those guys. What do you think about it? I completely agree. There, I, there's, I'd say there's a 10% chance he comes back because Andrew Vaughn has got to be your first baseman. I mean, that, throwing him in the outfield, he's playing left, he's playing right. I mean, that's that's just yeah, that, 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 that's like, that was just so wrong on so many levels. I mean, he was a bad outfielder because he's a first baseman that takes away, you know, like his, some of his offense, he's carrying that, that bad defense and you know, to the plate with him. 
put him at first base. Yeah, there's there's really just no fit for uh, Jose Abreu. He, he had a great nine year career, and I think like the the one good thing that 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 uh, you know with letting Jose go is that you know he had a, he made a run for the batting title this year, but he almost became like a singles hitter. He's going to be 36 years old next year, so I don't I don't think that power is going to like magically you know reappear. Um, you know, just like kind of, I think Jose knows he's not coming back. I mean, he didn't play in the, you know, the, the last game of the season. Cause he just, like he said, like, I don't like goodbyes. So he knows he's, he's gone. And, um, yeah, it's just time to turn that page. Unfortunately. Let's talk about another player that, um, some folks have, have started to realize that AJ Pollock's player option that was for 10 million because of some accelerators and things that he hits is really 13 million. So he can choose after that season, which was not a good one overall for him compared to the rest of his year in a later part of his career to take $13 million and play for the White Sox next year, or he can choose to take a $5 million buyout if he thinks he can make $8 million somewhere else. I don't think he's making $8 million somewhere else. I think he's coming back. Have you gotten any kind of feeling uh, uh, talking to the club, being around the clubhouse, what you think he's going to do? You know, I think, yeah, I agree with you there too. I think he's coming back. He's an older guy. He's going to be, I want to say, 35 you know, he he played he played better like in the second half. He was one of the guys, you know, when they were kind of like falling apart in September. That he was one of their better players. I mean, he's he, he's he's played really well before. You know, when he was younger, but of course that doesn't you know help the White Sox too much right now. But you know, so if you got Eloy, I think I just think one of the other reasons why he's back is it, you, you know put him in left field because Eloy's you know Eloy's your DH. You're taking Andrew Vaughn, putting him at first base. And then you're looking at right field, you know, so I think Oscar Colts is a guy to look at in right field if, they, if they're not going to trade for one, which I, I don't think they would. So, yeah, I could see A.J. Pollock coming back. That's like that's a lot of money, but it's not crazy money for what he could, could uh, potentially do. Scott Greger writes good stuff for the Daily Herald, and he sat through this season with the rest of us. Uh, a very difficult one, and I'm sure a difficult one to cover. And, uh, you know, good for you that you get a little bit of a break here. You get a little bit of a rest. You get something else to report on, like what are they going to do next instead of having to finish out uh, these last couple of weeks, which must have been brutal. And and I appreciate every time that uh, you jump on the show. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. I don't think I have a lot of faith in the ability of the front office to magically reshape things after what's happened over the last couple of years. And I, and I hope Scott that very soon you do get to ask Jerry Reinsdorf questions. It would be wonderful if he sat down just one moment in front of the press corps and let them talk with, with the owner of the team. I, I don't know if it'll ever happen, but that's what I hope for you, my friend. Hey, I appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate the, uh, yeah, the, the, the sentiment there. And yeah, hopefully, who knows, you know, Jerry, maybe as he gets a little bit older and he just, he re- realizes, you know, you know, what, what's the point of not talking? So we'll see how that goes. And yeah, it's going to be an interesting off season. Socks in the basement listeners do the hard work. And if you're a hardworking man or woman on the South side, you need to be outfitted properly. And that's why you should visit Red Wing Shoes in Evergreen Park, New Lenox, and Geneva. A work boot specialty store that carries sizes from 6 to 16 and feet as wide as 4E. A 115-year-old company that came out of Red Wing, Minnesota. And one of its largest stores in the entire Midwest is in Evergreen Park, Illinois, ever since 1976. When you're on your feet, the footwear is everything. So why not get an expert fitting? They warranty, repair, and offer free conditioning with laces. 
and they also carry Carhartt work clothing as well. Located at 3347 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park, Illinois, at 208 East Maple Street on Route 30 in New Lenox, or at 1749 South Randall Road in Geneva. Visit them today. You work hard. You've earned it. Red Wing Shoes. So you listen to Scott Greger there, and he's passionate about the fact that he doesn't get he to is. talk to Jerry Reinsdorf. That's the most passionate that I've heard a beat report. I mean, I, we're lucky. We get James Fegan on this show. We get Scott Merkin on this show. James Fox does great work on this show. We get a lot of uh, great names that come on here to cover the Sox very well. Scott Greger has been covering them for years. He comes on this show. And that was, you could feel the passion in his voice when he talked about the lack of Jerry Reinsdorf media availability in terms of sitting down at an end of the year press conference. Like, as I pointed out, you would get George McCaskey if, if a team had a season like this and there was questions about whether or not the front office was going to be around for the bears, but you don't get Jerry Reinsdorf in that press conference. And it's a weird press conference because the season isn't even over yet. And they're not going to come back and, and wrap up the season. They, they did Tony retiring and then the season technically wasn't over yet. They, you know, they get to avoid some of the criticism. Rick gets to justify why he has a job without you being able to talk to his bosses and not everybody's available to the media. That's got to be extremely frustrating to deal with as a beat reporter. So you hear that and then you also hear him talk about the Abreu situation. And I think anybody who thinks that Jose Abreu is coming back this year I think you're living in a fantasy world. I really think Rick Hahn doesn't have the money and wasn't planning on him being a viable baseball player still at the end of this contract. I think he really believed we're going to win a World Series. There'll be the parade. Remember how he always talks about talk to me after the parade. I think he you know, really believed that wrongly. And now he doesn't know what to do and he doesn't have a place for Jose. No, he doesn't. And, you know, you, you look at. When you look at it, assuming that Rick Hahn has a plan, which increasingly we kind of question whether or not he actually thought these things through. Listen, Ed, he he almost had some executives of the year inside of that front office a couple of a couple of years ago. Remember that? That was their justification for why they still have jobs because they almost won something. Like I could enter a beauty pageant, I could almost win that too. Well, I I was almost executive of the year a couple of years ago too. I mean, I wasn't no way, shape, or form in the running, but I won just as many as he did. So here's the thing. If you look at the plan with Jose Abreu, yeah, I think you're right. You get to a point where you say, okay, at his age, uh, you know, right-handed hitting, power hitting first baseman, there starts to be a decline. We've noticed that there is a decline in Jose Abreu. What I don't think he was counting on, however, was that Jose Abreu would be like the second best hitter on his team still, you know, because that's that I think is, is part of the problem too is we're looking at Jose Abreu and going, he's invaluable to this team because every, there's so many – guys that underperform that you need his his consistency his steadiness and in reality we should be looking at this team after a quote-unquote rebuild and saying yeah Jose Abreu should be like the seventh best hitter on the team at this point he should be a guy that you can rely on but not to carry the team or not to uh, be a guy that is important in the middle of the order to the team but instead we're looking at Aloy Jimenez Jose Abreu, and then there's a fall off because of injuries and whatever else. So, yeah, you know, he didn't plan on him being here. He has no money to bring him here. You can't unload any of the contracts that you would want to unload. And the contracts that you could unload, you're going to create new holes. It's going to be like trading Nick Madrigal for a closer that you didn't need. And I, we can talk about whether or not Nick Ma- that, that whole trade debacle, whatever, some other time. But the idea of, say, for example, trading Aloy Jimenez away 
at the top of his game where he is going to bring you back a lot of value. But are you going to be able to fill in his bat right away with whatever you bring back? And the answer is going to be no, you're not going to be able to do that. That's not how this works. You look at this roster and what they are right now, okay, and who is definitely on the payroll and on the team unless Rick Hahn makes a move to remove them from the team and, you know, acquire other players or just DFA them. Like, I mean, I, I at this point, what are you going to get for Larry Garcia and why would he be on your roster next year unless you just don't want to admit that you made a mistake signing him, right? But like, if you look at this team, Vaughn's at first base. You don't have a second baseman at this point unless it's, uh, you know, uh, Romy Gonzalez. If, if you decide to do that, I guess he'd be the first guy up at that position right now based upon who's signed. Tim Anderson's at short. Yuan Moncada's over there hitting 200, playing third base. You have A.J. Pollock that's out in left field because he's not turning down $13 million and taking five and trying to make $8 million late in his career off of that season. So he's sticking around. He's taking that player option. I'm sure of it. Okay, you got Luis, Luis Robert, who hopefully can stay healthy and be what you expected him to be this year, next year. And in right field, Oscar Colas, I think that's what the the belief would be. I would think that Colas comes up. Or the up. return of Gavin Sheets. Right. I mean, like, that's, that's what your team is. And behind the plate, Zebi Zavala is your starting catcher, and you have an $18.5 million backup in Yasmani Grandal, who you're hoping, like, could do just all of a sudden, like, magically goes back to being very good. That's a pipe dream, I think, at this point in his career. But that, that's what you're that's what you're hoping for. That's those those are your players right now. I mean, your your rotation at this point, you, you've you've got Lucas Giolito coming off of a, a, a struggling year trying to convince you because of his offseason regiment. That's what screwed him up. So don't worry, I'll be better next year. But of course, he's going to say that because he's getting close to having to go out and try to get money in free agency. That's <laughs> that's coming soon. Right? It, it would be harder for him to be worse next year than he was this year at times. So of course he's going to be better next year, but yeah, Giolito Lynn is coming back. He's got, he's got cease Kopech. I believe Lance Lynn can still be a top of the rotation guy. Cease is an ace. And, and, and I think Kopech can take another step and move forward. So you, in my opinion, you got three really good pitchers. You got a fifth starter in Giolito at best. All right. And you got to figure out who and, your four and is. And you've got Davis Martin in the conversation too. So there's a little bit of depth there that we didn't expect going into this year. And then you have a ridiculous amount of relief pitchers. Who, and many of which are signed to contracts that uh, you really wish you didn't have signed to contracts that are coming out of your bullpen. And that, that's what you have right now going into next year. You know, the problem I, I have in looking at this roster and talking about Jose Abreu and Rick Hahn, assuming he's going to be on the downslope and not important, and then looking at where the talent is on this team and the holes are on this team, and we come back to can Rick Hahn properly evaluate talent because he's got some contracts that you don't want that he could have punted on a lot earlier. He could have seen after Yasmani Grandal's weird season last year and with his knee problems, somebody might have given the Sox value last year because they might have sat there and said, that was a weird season, but he was still productive, and he's still Yasmani Grandal. Now, he's not Yasmani Grandal anymore as as we knew him. He is an $18 million backup catcher. He could have traded Yohan Moncada like you said that he should have. I called for Yohan Moncada to be traded last offseason yeah. and got ridiculed. You would, you delighted in telling me how people called the show and tweeted at you about things that I said about Yohan Moncada might be the best guy to trade if you want to fill holes. Don't you, you, wish, you, had done that. Don't you wish you had done that now? You know. But here's the oh, thing. Yeah. Han, yeah. Han can never pull off a trade like that because he's a lawyer 
with no real background in talent evaluation, who's overmatched and has proven that now with over a decade in that front office in one role or another. Okay, I mean, like, that's what he is. And so I, I, he's not going to make that kind of progressive move. He's not getting out in front of something. He's not going to do something that might rankle some feathers, but he knows it's the right move and it actually gets pulled off. No, he's the guy who's got Chris Sale and does what anybody does. Well, let's bring up the MLB pipeline list and just grab the guy that's up at the top. Hey, uh, Boston, uh, we can trade you the best pitcher in baseball for the best prospect in baseball. You know, that's what he is. And that's that's why it's frustrating that these, these are the guys that are still making the decisions. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on socksinthebasement.com.